sandwiches, ice cream, coffee and snacks, and many other pleasing treats. Our foods are fresh and tasty, our drinks satisfying and refreshing. They're so good. Welcome to Average Joe's Drive-In. And now, on with the show. Welcome to episode 110 of Average Joe's Drive-In. I am your host, TJ Washburn. 
And you just heard a couple tracks from R- Ratleg album, Second Offense. First song is called Rats. The second song is called Kings. I have permission to spin the whole thing, the whole five-song EP, so I will be doing that throughout the show. Uh, if you like what you're hearing and you want to support Ratleg, go to the following page. Give me one second while I look this up. RatlegUSA at dot bandcamp.com so again that's ratlegusa.bandcamp.com i'll also throw a link to their page in the show notes uh they have currently have four four eps up i believe so you go and check that out show them some support if you dig the music um it's fun stuff man it's really good i uh, hope you guys are all holding up well i've been i've been uh, kind of getting you know, back into that whole normalcy thing, it's been uh, really weird getting out and doing stuff again and just, you know, um, not being stuck at home. It's been nice. So I haven't really been honestly, like, just lately, everything has just been so crazy. So it was kind of like, even though I've had plenty of time to do this, this whole show was kind of thrown together last minute because my, my you know, like my mind has just been everywhere else and... uh you know, it's uh, it's one of those things, man. It's just weird because there's been such a such a shift in time and in you know like being able to do stuff again. So, it's uh, sorry if this sounds like a little little jumbled and whatever. And um, honestly, man, again, I I didn't really get a chance to do movie reviews on this episode. Um, and that's something I would like to hear from people, like uh, those of you that listen to the show. Uh, if you could go to Facebook or Instagram, uh, the Average Joe's page, um, again, links are in the show notes. If you haven't, please like those pages. Um, I would like to hear what you guys think because I want to know, do you guys just enjoy like the straight up interview style episodes? Do you guys enjoy the mixed episodes, you know, with like the stories and, you know, the movie reviews and the soapbox and all this different stuff. Like, you know, like when I started the show back up, I kind of wanted to turn this into a variety show, which is awesome, but it's also a lot of extra work. My whole thing is I want feedback from you guys. What do you enjoy about the show? Is the interview part all you're interested in? You know, is the movie review part all you're interested in or the story part you know i would like to hear from people because i like i've kind of been debating about just going back to like the old average joe style format i will continue to play music on the show because that's something i've i've wanted to do and, and i love to support all my awesome and talented friends that i have so that will be a part of the show even if i just go back to the interview thing but, you know, and I may throw in an occasional, like, movie review episode like I kind of used to do way back, where it'd be like a movie review episode and, uh, you know, an interview-style episode. So I may I may go to something where I do an interview, uh, uh, interview episode and a review episode. So I'd go to two episodes a month, but kind of break them up. So I, I just want to know what you guys think, anyway, uh, about that, because I, I'm kind of curious. I, I really, really would like some feedback. So... Pause the show before you forget and go to the Facebook page, which is Average Joe's Drive-In Podcast, or Instagram, which is Average Joe's Drive-In. Leave me a comment or send me a personal message or whatever and let me know what you guys think, how I should proceed going forward, what you do and don't like, you know, uh, 
as far as, or if it's just not your thing or whatever, but you know, mostly I want to know what you guys like and what you are into because like I said, it takes a lot of time to put these shows together, edit them, do all that stuff. Um, even though I enjoy doing the other stuff, it's a lot of extra time for me. And if people aren't digging that, you know, I still enjoy doing the interview part of it and the music part of it and all of it. But, you know, it may, it, especially, uh, you know, now that things are getting back to normal again, I'm finding that it may be a lot harder for me to do that, all the other stuff on top of it. So I'm just, I'm just kind of curious anyway. On this episode, we have my good friend uh, Shane Grant from Cemetery Theater, who was on the show a long time ago, and uh, back one. I think he might have been one of the first people I had on the show. I'd have to go back and look because I can't remember. But uh, it was a lot of fun talking to Shane, and um, I hope you guys enjoy that. Before we get to the stuff with Shane, though, I want to kick it off in this next segment. With another song from Ratleg, and that is the song Privilege. Welcome to episode 110 of Average Joe's Drive-In. I am your host, TJ Washburn. You've been hearing some music from the fabulous punk band Ratleg. Uh, my good friend Richie Russell um, did the, plays everything on the album. Um, he's pretty awesome. Go check them out on Bandcamp. Um, we're going to play some more tracks at the end of that. 
And uh, so, yeah, you can go buy his new EP. Plus, there's like, he's got three or four other EPs up there. Um, very cool if you're into punk or heavier stuff. Very, very good stuff. Anyway, uh, so yeah, with me, first time back in many, 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 many years. <laughs> is, long is, time. Long time. Is my good friend Shane Grant of Cemetery Theater. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. Doing good. Uh, readjusting would be the word. Yeah, this is still getting, I'm still getting used to the whole going out and doing stuff and being <laughs> around other people thing again after like three months of like not seeing anybody. You know, we just started doing band practices again a couple weeks ago for the first time in almost three months. And it feels good. It's like a, you know, like a, a band-aid that just has a hug with it at the end when you get to see your friends again. Right. Oh, it feels awesome, but I still have that moment every time, like... I'm going to give somebody a hug before I leave or do whatever. It's like, I still have, there's that moment of weirdness. <laughs> <laughs> like how you don't know how they're going to react. Right. It's like, well, dude, you know, I'll give you a hug or shake your hand before I leave. But I don't know. You, uh, it's just like, I don't know. At this point, it's like. I've, I've just been going in for the tongue. Like every time. It's <laughs> straight the in the wet, sloppy kiss, you know. <laughs> But it's <laughs> yeah, my, my mom hates it when I come over now. <laughs> you know, the whole thing is, the and the whole thing is, and I respect however anybody wants to handle it. If you want to wear a mask, you don't want to wear a mask, whatever. At this point, I'm just, uh, I want everybody to be safe. You know, wash your hands, clean up, do everything that they're asking you to do. But at the same time, don't be a dick to the people who are doing something different than you as far as, you know, it's just, but we've got to get back to normal some kind of way, I guess, you know. I know it's not going to be 100%, but you still got to do things a little bit in the normal realm of functioning. And, dude, it's not good for people's mental health. It's no, not good for... No, it's not. As someone who has mental health issues, that is... Dude, it sucks. My anxiety through most of this has been, like not sleeping for days on end because my mind won't shut up and you know i'm the type of person too that like i hasn't i haven't necessarily lived the life where i had to be outside had to be around people but if i feel like someone's telling me i can't do something then i want to do it even more oh i am a, i am an extroverted introvert all the way like i like being around people but i like being around people on my terms exactly not like <laughs> exactly so when i can't when, when that choice gets taken away it sucks. <laughs> it really does. And it's like the 16-year-old in me is just like, well, you can't tell me what to do, Dad. Right, right, yeah. All those, uh, you know, all those angry records I listened to as a kid is all festering in my head right now. <laughs> you know, so it's, uh, yeah, so it's been, it's been nuts, so it's weird. Like, you're the first person I've actually had here for, you know, for a guest spot. The last few I've done, I did them, did them over Skype, you know. Oh. It's, so, since... You know, I, I had a, uh, my friend Dan came here and a couple of, you know, some of the early episodes. But since then, yeah, it's been been all Skype. So this is nice, actually, because I, I mean, the Skype thing is nice if that's the only option. Because with some people, it's just the only way because they're not going to drive four or five hours up here to do, you know. Do right. This. It's convenient. Yeah. yeah. It's convenient. But when I have the option of having somebody here, it, it just, I always feel like. It's got such a better flow and rhythm to it, and it's you can see the person you're talking to, and it, I don't know, it just always seems to have a whole better vibe to me. Yeah, that yeah. way, you know. Do you do you all you always have them sit in your lap? 
Well, you, usually I'm stroking the hair and whispering sweet nothings while they're talking to keep them calm. At least, you know, that's what I like to think I'm doing, is keeping him calm, you know. But I'm just kidding, <laughs> No, he's not. But, <laughs> so, it's a small room, okay? It's, a, you know, what do you want us to do? But, so, uh... So creatively, like, what have you been up to? Because I know it's been a long time. I know you've got a, a bun- had a bunch of stuff in the works, and you've been doing all kinds of different projects. And yeah, we have. Uh, we're we're kind of focusing our attention on um, this weird, bombastic uh, horror host named Morty Sutter. Now, um, we, we kind of developed him and found him basically out of nowhere. And he's kind of taken the full reins of Cemetery Theater. And, you know, basically we have developed a, a show format with him. We did three holiday episodes, yeah. Halloween, Thanksgiving. Uh, previous guest of the show, The Bit of Aru, was on the Halloween episode. Yes, they right? were. Yes. The Bit of Aru, <laughs> as he said. Um, so we did the holiday ones. We're like, okay, so how can we change this into more of a format that's, you know, more traditional to our scripted films. Right. And we decided to do a limited six episode series that focuses on Morty, but Morty in a way where it's not just his public access show. It's this stuff that he's getting into when he's not filming it. In his day to day, basically. Basically. I, I liken it to if you've seen Wayne's World on SNL compared to the Wayne's World movies. Right, right. And we're at the movie stage right now. Right, right. That's, yeah, that's cool. That's a, that's a very cool concept to develop around all of that. And it's something, something different because, one, I mean, I, I uh, how long has it been since we've had, like, a straight-up, like, OG horror host? I mean... I don't think, I mean, besides Eddie Driscoll, I don't think Maine's ever had one. Maine's never had one. Right. But I'm saying even on a national level, I mean, you had Vampira, you had Elvira, you Spingoli. had... Spingoli. Who was the other one out of Boston? Oh, um... Uh, I, I'm losing... Because, I mean, yeah. it used to be a real regional thing. Like, each region kind of had their own. Right, it was right. like It was like professional wrestling back in the day. Every region had their own, you know, had their own stable their talent, circuit, their yeah. circuit. Yeah. And it kind of used to be the same thing with a horror host. You know, there was always all these different horror hosts, and you hear different people, uh, you'll hear different directors and different people talking about some of these horror hosts. Like, oh, every Saturday morning we had blah, blah, blah on whatever that we watched. Right, right, yeah. yeah. You know, it was like scary movie theater every Saturday afternoon where they played, you know, the old... Godzilla films and King Kong and Creature from the Black Lagoon and whatever type shows. I almost, yeah, I almost feel like I, I didn't get that part of that childhood that I should have had because I had Joe Bob growing you had up. Joe I had Bob, Joe yeah. Bob growing yeah. up. So. I, had, I I saw old when he was on TNT. Yeah, and we didn't get TNT. We didn't get cable till I was like a teenager, so I didn't get to have those like you know eight year olds sneaking down watching TV. I watched horror movies, but I didn't have someone. You know, I, I remember having a cardboard cutout of Elvira in my closet hidden from my parents <laughs> growing up. I'm not going to make the comment I was, I'm was. i going to make, so I'm just going to shut up. I mean, but... Dahmer had mannequins, I had Elvira. <laughs> it was really sticky. But... <laughs> 
because you know he kept it in his closet. Right. So we, we yeah, it was like a <laughs> carnival game, and I was the winner every time. Yay, I won. <laughs> I was like, I think of his Ralphie from The Simpsons, you know. <laughs> I won! Yay! I know, and I found it, you know. <laughs> I, I do like how they've had a resurgence of Joe Bob, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. See, I haven't had Shudder for a couple months, for a little while, but it's one of those things that was like, yeah, I gotta cut, cut a few things back. So that was one of the things that went, because, one... I love Shudder, but I burn through movies on there when I have it, and then yeah. I won't watch it for, like, two months because I've watched everything, and then it's like... I've noticed, too, that if you buy Shudder on Amazon, through Amazon Prime or whatever, you subscribe through there, you get less movies than if you just get the Shudder account on your computer. Yeah, see, I had the Shudder app right on my Roku, so okay. I, I just had the Shudder app, which is great. And if you're a horror fan, dude, there is... It's definitely the way to go. You should have it. Because um, there is a lot of cool stuff. But just the way I am and the way my brain works, when I get into, like, a particular genre of film, and I don't know if you're the same way, but, like, when I want to watch my shitty 80s sword and sorcery films, yeah. <laughs> that's all I'm going to watch for, like, a month. You know, that's all I want to watch yeah. is shitty 80s sword and sorcery films. It's like the momentum of, you know, the connected, you know. And then all of a sudden that little switch in my brain will go... All right, now it's time for some horror comedies. All right, Tucker and Dale versus Evil It Is or Evil Dead or, you know, right, whatever. Right. You know, I'll go start going through that phase of stuff. And then it's like, that's just, it's, my brain works like that with music too, though. It's the same thing. Like, I go through my phases of like, dude, this is all death death metal and extreme shit. And then it's like, I want to listen to 80 synth pop. Yeah, yeah. You know, and... <laughs> That's just how my brain works. It's yeah. like, ooh, shiny ball, squirrel, nut, you know. It only it? it only has to make sense to you. But, yeah, if someone else that was looking at it would be like, dude, you're pretty eclectic. And it's, it's like, no, it's the tunnel that I'm going one, You know, one of my one of the guys I work with, like, during the summer a lot of times, uh, we work in groups. So we'll have, I'll throw on my Spotify or whatever on my phone and be listening to stuff. And the comments, I guess, like, dude, you listen to the weirdest variety of music <laughs> I have ever heard, you know. We were just listening to like, you know, uh, we we were just listening to like Burl Ives, and now all of a sudden you're listening to um, I don't know what that guy's saying or right, what that right, band right. is. Oh, that's Cannibal Corpse. Oh, okay. So yeah, I come blood. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. You know, we go from like what I. That's just how I roll. But I get in those. I get in those moods where it's just like I go from. From, like, that extreme stuff to, like, poppy stuff. And it's like, I want to listen to Kenny Rogers. <laughs> I mean, it's just how it is, man. I was raised weird like that because my dad listened to classic rock. My mom was into, like, uh, Kenny Rogers and Johnny Cash and Willie Nelson and stuff like that. Yeah, and yeah. My, my yeah. sisters were into, like, my older sisters were into, like, Boston and Bon Jovi. Yeah. And my other, my younger of my sisters, like, listen to, like, Twisted Sister and stuff like that. So I kind of got dosed with everything. Right. It's, it's not <laughs> a bad thing. And when you say that, like, not to, not to go back to the Morty Sutter thing, but, like, that's kind of how we're aiming the show at. We're kind of, like, flexing all of our creative muscles. And we found this character that we can kind of use as an avatar to, you know, make inappropriate, you know, kind of John Waters type comedy or, you know, go into it and try to make something that's a little bit more Because sweet. there's a weird innocence to it. Yes. There's yes. A, there's like it's not I'm not doing this to be malicious. Right. I'm doing this because it's just I don't know any better. It's just it's kind of that dumb 
Yeah, he's, you know, he is just... Not dumb, but it's a simplistic... It's more of a simplistic view of things. It's it's kind of just, yeah, blindly walking forward and not, not having to say you're sorry for it because you're just, you know, you're going into it with the idea that this character who, you know, has seemed to be resonating with people whenever he's out, whenever we go out with Morty, people just approach him. Right. You know, and then we, we had um, him at the Christmas parade. He was part of the Christmas parade. Like, I miss that. It was, I don't it remember seeing that. Yeah, it's yeah. just weird creating something and all of a sudden people <laughs> gravitate towards it. But when you have a character that's very much, and I went into it thinking we're going to create something that is half Pee Wee Herman, half Beetlejuice. And that makes of, sense now that you say that. I didn't really think of that till now. But from what I've seen, that makes absolute 100% total sense. It's got that. Because Beetlejuice, to me, growing up, he was very much in the same realm as Pee Wee Herman. He just happened to be a little bit dark and morbid. And then if you think about, you know, Michael Keaton compared to Paul Rubens, who really had the more, you know, the troublesome uh, history behind the Yeah, mask? yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, yeah, Jesus, that makes perfect sense, man. I, yeah. Mixed with, uh, I'm trying to think of, I'm having a complete brain cramp in a Anybody's listening to the show, please don't slap me because I can't remember this right off the top of my head for some done reason. Who is Borlas Karloff's, you know, other played against Karloff? I, dude, I'm having such oh. a fucking brain cramp right now. Oh, um. He, Ed Wood, uh, he, dear Martin Landau won an Oscar. Holy crap, I should know this because I've seen uh, so many movies with him and I'm so happy. Are, are you cramp. talking about the movie, the actor, or which one? He he was playing Martin Landau played him in Ed Wood. Oh, he played um um Bella Lugosi. Bella Lugosi, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. See, that's kind of was my whole thing. Is it's like it reminds me of like a more comedical Bella Lugosi. No, like I um I give him I give Morty notes and stuff. I want him to be slightly uh, uh subversive or like a little bit perverted. Yeah. You know, I remember when we were developing the character. I'm like, if you're gonna dance, you thrust. You you use your hips like like a Transylvanian in Rocky Horror. <laughs> like you put all those hips into it. And put Elvis to shame, son. You know? <laughs> but it's it's that kind of like confusion where you don't know like should we have him next to our children or should we not? Like <laughs> right. but children see him and they're just like, Oh my god, it's Morty Sutter. So writing a character like this and developing it, you have to be very careful not to make him a like a serial murderer because then you lose any you know, you lose that kind of. It's a it's a balancing act. You gotta, yeah, it's a balance. Yeah. You, you don't want to go one extreme or the other too far. One, you know. Yeah, I don't like to toot my own horn, but writing dumb comedy does take intelligence a little bit because you got you paint yourself into a corner and you're like, oh. Well, and then you stumble your way blindly out of it like a drunken rager at three in the morning <laughs> when you've had too, you know a few too many cocktails and you're like, I can do this. And you just go for it, and you somehow make it to the other side without severely injuring yourself. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so it's like, who moved that couch? <laughs> Where did this wall come from? It wasn't here just a second ago. You know that sort of thing. So, so you've got, so you, you've kind of now you've got a, you kind of got not an end game, but you've got a little bit more of a structured idea of where you're going forward with this. Right, yeah, because Morty can't be a character that goes out and kills people and laughs and looks into the camera, but he can be present and be kind of cartoonishly responsible for other people's deaths. There's a difference, yeah, because... He's not Patrick Bateman, is what you're saying. No, no, he's not Patrick <laughs> he's Bateman. He's not no. Patrick Bateman, is what you're saying. But this, the sense of humor might be the same when he says, you know, you know, can you get this wine out of my, you know? Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, same idea, but he's not malicious like that. He's no, he's, you, know, <laughs> you know, if he opens up his closet, we don't say anything that there's like little children's clothes in his closet, <laughs> right. but he closes it real quick. <laughs> you have to pick up on uh, the subversiveness. Right, right, right. So, you know, so besides that, I know you've you've been doing some other you've been doing some other creative stuff, just different or not necessarily even you, but some of the guys that work in Cemetery. Jason's been a bit pretty busy with some stuff, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. He got, he got to work with um, Mary Witchenbatch, who uh, is the moose-haired lady. Which, what's the name of that show? It's uh, Turny Turny Works. Turny Works. Works. It's on the, True TV, I believe. Yeah, which is the yeah the name of her business. And uh, the Perkinses were like working hand-in-hand with her with some of the stuff, especially with the revival of the, the Pittsfield Theater. Yeah. And um, th- that's kind of focused a little bit on their show, but... It's nice to be able to, you know, surround yourself with all these different creative people and, you know, they care about their communities and then we can get involved too because we sponsored a few of their comedy shows. Yeah, I remember seeing they had some stuff going on down there trying to trying to save it because it was going to close down because they didn't have the funds. Was right, that it? Right, yeah, because yeah, it was right? yeah. one of the only uh, <sighs> theaters that are actually owned by a town. Oh, wow. Yeah. You know, it's, <laughs> Which, you know, and you get a ta- you get a small town like Pittsfield, they have to put their money in certain, you know, priorities of what right. the town actually considers important. Right. You've only got so much money to allocate towards certain things. So then that's usually when the arts get the big cut. Oh, yeah. yeah. When they're like, well, we could pay for our school lunch program or we could keep the theater open. Well, mm-hmm. well, sorry, theater. You know, that's just. I know if I lived in Pittsfield and I had no car and there was a movie theater that was going to shut down, I would do everything that I could to stop it from shutting down. Right, right. Because that would be my church. Right. You know, that would be my... Uh, and they, they offer reasonable prices there, too, so it's not like... in your part of history when you're yeah. there. Well, I mean, we have we have located close to where I am, we have um, the... Um, Center Theater. Right. Over right. and over, which is kind of the same, similar idea. It's a real small... Uh, I think there's one one screen, I believe. I think there's one. There might be two now. I haven't been there for a while. but they've, I think they've expanded a little bit. I think bit. they've expanded yeah. to two, but, you know, they do... It's one of those, like, they have one or two movies, they'll show it for a week, then they get another couple movies in, show it for a week, another couple right. movies in, show it for a week. Yeah, don't... So you'd have something new every week to watch. Yeah, basically, yeah. you get a choice. You know, one week it might be... Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, and the next mo- week it might be... Um, Terminator, I don't right, know, whatever, right. but you know, they but they're usually a little more family friendly movies. There, they don't really generally you don't see a lot of that. Was one of the arguments when we went to like the town council about the Pittsfield Theater was basically like you've got to reinvent yourself, you get you can't just be showing like family films the whole time. I know it's a conservative town, you know, there's families, but you gotta you gotta have comedy shows, you gotta have variety shows, you gotta have you know. The Rocky Horror Show show up, or a burlesque show, or something that's going to make people, you know, go, <laughs> oh, this is not being naughty. I'm going out. It's right. so naughty. And in, <laughs> in today's age of like streaming services where everything's at your fingertips, you forget that going to a movie theater is an experience. Yeah. You know, you, you can't just microwave. Good or, ba- good or bad, I guess it's an experience. Yeah. Yeah. My problem, my theater problem, and I've talked about this with different guests on the show before, especially my buddies Eric and Eugene, um, is, dude, people annoy the shit out of me at the theater. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I, I'm, I'm getting to that age now where my, I don't fucking care button is kind of going away. So it's really hard for me to bite my tongue sometimes and not be like, dude. 
Shut the fuck up. Stop eating your popcorn like you're a fucking pig in a fucking trough. People are trying to enjoy the movie. Right. I know you paid to get in, but so did the other fucking 50 people in here, and everybody's tired of listening to you. Secondly, why do you have a fucking six-year-old into a fucking R-rated movie that they shouldn't be into? You're not <laughs> cool. That's bad fucking parenting, dude. Right. Get the fuck out, you know? It's just like, I'm getting to that point. So I, I don't like angry TJ to come out, so I try not... I try to save that for my stage when I'm doing music. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know? It's more cathartic that way. It's more cathartic that way, and people don't get hurt. <laughs> so I totally, like, I totally get your first point, too. It's just like, I could never identify as that asshole that is just trying to agitate people. And you know there's people that go just specifically to Yeah, do which that. I don't get that. Like, why would you spend your time, your efforts, and your breath to irritate people thinking that any energy is going to come out of that that's going to be positive for you yeah like how can you live your life in that kind of manner where just like poking the bull and then you know if something happens automatically they're the victim oh yeah oh yeah well and this and this is the thing like it seems to go in ebbs and flows with that too like the theater thing yeah like because i used to go to the theater like once a week dude i used to go and see what what's new coming out this week that i want to see here even every other week. Right, right. You know, but during the summer, especially when he's like, oh, I'm going to go to the theater after work and see right. something. Because well, I, I get out and I, I can get there just in time to see at 3 o'clock. There's usually not a lot of people there. I can get in. Especially on a hot day, it's air conditioned. Oh, yeah. yeah. AC, it's nice and cool, you know. Yeah. And But it goes in ebbs and flows where it's like people are cool for a while. Then all of a sudden it's like just asshole, asshole. Then... I'll have three or four of those experiences and I was like, dude, I'm done going for a while. I, I'm not, I don't want to sit in the theater. And I feel bad because I know the theaters have been putting a lot, especially the ones around here have been dumping some money into upgrading. And oh, the seats and the everything. The seats yeah. and stuff are so much better, more yeah. comfortable. And it's just. It's like they want you to fall asleep. Yeah. I, <laughs> I did once. I can't remember what it was recently. Panic room for me. I've never fallen asleep in a movie in my life, but panic room made me fall asleep. I fell asleep halfway through 30 days uh, thirty days of night when we saw it the first time, uh, but that's because I had been up for like 24 hours when we went well, to go see it, it's a lot and of, I was yeah. exhausted. And it was like during that middle section where there ain't anything going on. It's a lot of night. It's just a lot of night. <laughs> yeah. I fell asleep for like 10 minutes, but, uh, but you know, and that's the thing, and like, I feel bad in that respect, but at the same time, it's like, dude, I was like... You can't tell me you can't put somebody in these theaters if somebody's obviously making noise. You say, listen, I'm going to tell you once. You guys need to quiet down. And if you don't, the next time you're out and you're not getting a refund. I wish there was some, like, William Castle-esque, like, claw machine that would just come and pick them up. <laughs> the claw. And, and fucking drop them. Just drop them. Mario Kart them, like, way the fuck over to the next town. And I mean, I get it at the same time. I know I know a lot of times it's like that mom that's been working all week and just wants to get out and away from her with her kids and do something and she's checked out and the kids are just <laughs> blah, 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 yeah. You know, we were at a show and uh, there was a kid kicking the back of CJ's seat, just kept kicking the seat. Ugh. And she just turned around to give the kid the look of death. Right. I mean, she sat there for a while thinking, well, you know, hey, the parents are going to say something. But then they didn't. They didn't. So she just turned around and gave the kid the look. And the kid kind of, like, was like, uh, uh-oh. Right. Stranger <laughs> danger. You know, somebody's <laughs> looks bad. And, but, but it's like stuff like that. But that went on for like 10 minutes. And the parents never said a thing to the kid. 
Well, yeah, it's like, what do you do in that situation? Because you don't want to be the asshole, but you've given a choice where the parent could do the right thing. They didn't do the right thing. Now you're going to, you know. Now I'm going to have to be the bad guy and get up and say, either your kid stops kicking the seat or I'm going to throw you and the kid over the seat. And I just, just, I, I, so, I, so that's part of the reason I don't go. I basically, I have a movie theater in my basement, dude. I, I watch what I want, what I want. It's nice and quiet down there. It's just me most of the time, you know. It's but then there's that communal experience on certain movies, right? That right. I miss, you know. That it's like you know when everybody's into it, laughing or jump scare or whatever. And so I don't know. It's such a catch twenty two for me. Have you ever had? Because this happened to me. Um, I can't remember if it was last. I think it was last year. Um, have you ever had a great theater experience but watched a really shitty movie? Yes. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. Because, like, I, that's another thing, too, is because I went to the premiere of Pet Cemetery. Yeah. And that was just... Uh, I, I loved the experience. It was cool. The directors were there. You know, Stephen King was there. It happened to be coinciding with the Comic-Con. So there was, like, uh, uh, Cooper Andrews from The Walking Dead was out playing arcade games and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And it was a cool experience. Hated the movie. Right. But I still remember the experience being good. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, I... I mean, I've I can't even remember what movies, but I know I've had a few movies like that where the movie itself was boring, yeah. or was it good? But people were laughing at the right because it was like those good bad movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like this isn't good, but it's entertaining as all shit, and everybody's laughing at the right stuff. Like the people that were there all got it, right? Or the majority of them got it. But you know, like the best recent experience I had in the theater, and I'm sure this was the same for a lot of people, was The Quiet Place. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. When I went to that theater, dude, nobody dared to make any noise because it's such a quiet movie. There's really no score. There's no dialogue. No. There's, And everybody's like, I don't want to be the dickhead who fucking makes a noise and everybody's going to turn and just like kick the shit out of me. <laughs> really, right. And it's, it's weird to say this, but I think like uh, Hitchcock would have really appreciated that movie because mm-hmm. Hitchcock, yeah, he wrote really good movies. You know, some people say this was better than that, but whatever. What he wanted was a good theater experience. Yeah. And fuck, man, Jim from the office, dude. Like <laughs> that you think, you think of people in like auteurs and stuff like that, but John Krasinski actually pulled something like that off. I'm interested to see how they do part two. That's what I'm kind of curious about, how that is actually going to play out. You know? But now we got to fucking wait forever because of the... With everything, we've got to wait forever because... Of... So this, I guess this is this is a good segue into this. I, I like to get... So, so now, because they've been releasing stuff right direct to video yeah, yeah. and not doing the big theater runs and stuff, do you think this is going to be a killer for smaller mid-tier movies? Um, I don't think it's going to be a killer because uh, coming from an independent uh, perspective, it's hard to get your film in the theaters. It is. I I honestly think that if people are all on the same kind of playing field, if it is VOD or whatever it might be, whatever on-demand, thing i think that people are going to have more well it's both because you have you're on the same playing field but at the same time you have more competition you're right. not that the you're not it almost was a gem to have your movie just be like okay it's coming out friday you can download it for three dollars yeah and 
it's good, but when you have other movies coming out, you know, Trolls 2 charged $20. Well, yeah. When and that, it came out. Well, and that's one of the things. Like, I pretty much avoided most of those movies that were not because I didn't want to watch them. And I get why they're doing it. But at the same time, and, and uh, you know, it's one of those things. It's like, okay. Certain movies I have no problem spending $20 on because I'm going to spend 10 bucks to, to go see them at the theater by the time I buy a popcorn or right. drink, whatever. Right. Okay. But these are these are your blockbuster type movies. Yeah. These are your fucking three, four hundred million dollar budget films. A smaller budget film that was made on five million, not that I value it any less, but at the same time, I'm not spending $20 to see that when I can turn around and buy it. For 15. Exactly. In two weeks. That exactly. makes no sense. Right. I, so I get why I get why they had that because everybody's stuck at home. You can't go out. But at the same time, it's like, dude, you would sell probably volumes more. It's it's marketing. It would. It's like, dude, the marketing makes no sense. Or if you're going to charge $20 for it, it'd be like, you, you bought rent of this for 20 bucks. Okay. In four weeks, you're going to get a digital copy of this. Yeah. Oh. Like, yeah. It makes it, sense that way. Yeah, it would. And you know, I know that it's causing a lot of hate con- hate and discontent. Like, I think AMC theaters, who are, like, own, like, 80% of the fucking movie theaters around the... You know, right, the, yeah, because the there's a lot of independent shit. They, like, I think it was... They blacklisted Universal because they were putting oh, wow. their stuff out. And they were like, we're not going to put your movies out now. And Universal's like, well, fuck you, because I think this is the new digital medium that... You know. I'm surprised Universal is just like, okay, we're going to buy you then. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> we're going to have Universal theaters now, you know. Which I think, you know, if you follow the money, I'm sure they're both closely related and there's some inbreeding within the company. Oh, I'm sure, I'm <laughs> sure. I'm sure if you look at any of like those, well, I mean, dude, you can pretty much do the, um, you know, the Kevin Bacon game with Disney now. Right, Because right. Dis- Disney literally owns, like, 95% of all media now. Right. Well, in the in the late 90s, the Mickey Mouse uh, and the I- ICP were, like, very closely connected, <laughs> right. weirdly enough. <laughs> right. So, I mean, but now you think of it how it is now compared to even, you know, like then. It's, like, a whole different thing. It's even worse now. Oh, yeah, it's, yeah. It's like you go through and... You look at stuff, and it's like, okay, well, if you dig deep enough, um, you know, like, body counts now owned by Disney or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Right, it's like, right. it's there's some weird connections with stuff now, the way it, way it is. Which I don't understand, because, um, you know, there's a lot, there's been a lot of, um, in the last couple of years, uh, companies coming out and firing people before they hire them, or hiring them and firing them kind of thing, like, with comedians, especially. Yeah. Like, uh, okay, well, Kevin Hart can't host the Oscars because he said this, or this comedian said that. And it's just like, Sarah Silverman's one of the, like, the dirtiest comedians. Oh, she's raunchy, dude. And she does voices for Disney on the regular. Oh, yeah. And then, like, they pick and choose who they can fire and hire, but they don't even look into their own, like, backlog, and they're just like... Dude, it's like the whole thing of the it's it's the whole thing with the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes, with James Gunn. Yeah, prime example. Everybody's heard this eight bazillion times, so we're not going to go into it. <laughs> but that's just the point of picking and choosing. They took something out of context that was said, like what twenty, like fifteen years his, before his or something. Trauma days. Back in his trauma days, yeah. dude. If you're familiar with trauma, their whole thing with trauma is to offend everybody. That's just what trauma does. They don't care. Right. Dude, they literally, 
They, Not, the nicest people probably around, like in the film in the film markets and anything like that. But yeah, they don't give a shit. Half the people that are in the film industry get their start with them. You know, it's just like one of those things, dude. And, and it's like, and he even apologized for it before any of this was ever brought up and whatever. And they still were like, "Fuck you," you know. I thought that was very cool that his cast and everybody was like, "No, dude, you, right. you need to bring him right. back. That's bullshit." You know, and he was see. This is the thing. This is almost like the comparison between the kid that's kicking the back of the seat, because he did apologize. You know, he was waiting. You know, waiting for something to happen for the company to do the right thing after yeah. he apologized and everyone wanted him back. The company's the one that's keep kicking his seat, kicking his seat, kicking his seat. He's turning around, being like, "Okay, you know, what's going to happen now? I'm going to go make the new Suicide Squad movie to hell with all of you." Yeah, exactly. And then they're like, "Oh shit." We thought he probably wasn't going to work again, you know? It's just like one of the... I don't know, man. I like that he's making a new Suicide Squad. I thought that was the best fuck you that he could have done. Yeah, well, yeah, it kind of is. I'm going to go to the whole other universe and make something and to hell with you guys. Yeah. Now, if you want to make this and have me come back, you're going to wait and do it on my time. <laughs> I see. I, I like the new Suicide Squad. I thought visually, like, it was amazing. But I do think that it was bogged down in some of the writing and reshoots that they did. Yeah. They did a lot of reshoots. Are you talking about the the first one? The first one. The first yeah. one, yeah. yeah. I find it, like, weirdly, it almost falls into that bad, good movie thing for me. Yes. Like, it's cheesy as all shit, dude. And it shouldn't have been, it should have been darker. I think it should have been darker. Grittier, yeah. It should have been a little grittier. I think that movie with those characters, just, it needed, I think they tried to, they tried to PG-13 it too much. Right. They should have gone solid R- I call it bubble gumming, like because yeah. I watched the new uh, Harley Quinn movie. Yeah, the Emancipation of you know. I haven't seen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's very bubble gummy. It's like poppy and like it's cool. It's done really well. It was almost like it was directed by um, Edgar Wright. The way that the momentum of scenes, the way the beat, the way the beats work in it, which yeah, I yeah. really like. But yeah, the Harley Quinn character, they're they're marketing. And oh my goodness, they're marketing for like little girls. And like, if you get down to the real core of that character, that <laughs> is not someone that little girls should be looking up to. Like a guy that like, you know, treats the girl like shit, but she still loves him because he loves her, but he doesn't mean it. That's not a good role model. That's young not women. a healthy relationship. <laughs> yeah, no, no, but no. we have this like, we. it's funny because on one end we have all this, you know, Me Too movement and the, you know, the tox, toxicity of men and how they treat women. And then on the other hand, we have the media and, you know, major movies marketing women that are being treated the exact opposite. And making it, yeah, making it seem glamorous. That it's, yeah. yeah. So there's balance in the world, but sometimes there shouldn't be. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I agree. Yeah, no, I agree there. Yeah, that's, uh, but it's, it's just, um, you know, and the whole thing is weird. Speaking of marketing, we were just talking about before we started rolling is, uh, I just watched Underwater last week with Kristen Stewart. Dude, when that when they were advertising that movie back in November for the theater or whatever it was, I had no interest whatsoever in it seeing that movie. Boring. It, it looked, looked boring. boring. Yeah. I was like, oh, another PG thirteen <laughs> sci-fi aimed at teens. We're gonna be edgy, but not really be edgy and blah blah blah. I'm like, I have the hell with it. Dude, I didn't even and, really know what it was about. And it yeah. like Whatever, lover or hater, I guess. I've never cared for Kristen Stewart as an actress. I always thought she was dull as shit as an actress. Um, she just had that persona to me. Like, it's just, there's, like, you're a blank wall, lady. There's nothing there that's making right. me go. She's kind of one note. Oh, she, 
which works in some cases. Yeah. You know, it works in some cases, some cases it does not, you know? And uh, so, so one, right there, automatically Kristen Stewart, something, and oh, shit, it's going to be aimed towards that Twilight crowd. <laughs> Don't want to watch, you know, no desire to watch this. I was like, it looks kind of, you know, like watered down, whatever. Forgot all about the movie. When it come out on video, a few of my friends watched it, and they were like, dude, you need to watch this. They were like, because this is like a total 80s throwback. They were like, I have no idea what the marketing people were doing trying to right, market right. this movie. They dropped the ball. They dropped the ball so bad. It's like, dude, but how do you do that on a multi-million dollar film? It's like, I don't understand... Like how, they you, need how to, can you invest so much money into something and just be like, oh, yeah, it's a piece of shit, bum. Yeah, we spent $50 million on this. We don't know how to do it. So we're just going to let Jan over here that uh, has no idea about anything of these types of movies put the put the uh, trailers together for this, and here we go. Right. I get the, I get the whole idea between hiding the monster, not knowing <laughs> exactly what the that monster is. That part of it's fine, but at the same time, I'm thinking... Uh, you sold yourself short. There's, yeah. They don't eat... You don't need to give away the whole film, which is, this seems to be the problem lately for me with movie trailers. Nine times out of ten, they either give the whole friggin' movie away in the trailer. Right. Or they are so confusing and tell you nothing that you have, I mean, dude, it's like, go back, okay, maybe it's a product of my time and when I was raised. Back in the day, <laughs> in the 80s, those boys knew how to cut a trailer, let me tell you, you know. But if you go back and look at, like, 70s and 80s trailers and stuff, man, even if they didn't tell you what the story was, they were engaging. They made you want to go see them. Right, Even right. if it wasn't, like, even if it was kind of a schlocky type thing, it was like, man, I want to I want to see that. That looks cool. What the hell is that about? There's, They'll give you a little, little glimpse or something. Just a little tease to go, oh, shit, what's that? You know, I want to see that. That's one thing, too. I think this is a personal choice, but I, I'll watch a trailer for a movie, and I'll get interested in the movie, and then I'll go see the movie. I can't, I don't like to watch the trailer before I go in to see the movie, because I like to forget what made me interested in the movie to begin with. And see, then, I've gotten to the point now where I don't even like to watch trailers anymore, because it ruins, I, I, go, I go by, this is like, this is like that 10, 12-year-old me going to the record store back before before there was this thing called the internet <laughs> when I used to just base my purchases off and how cool the cover art was on the albums, you know. Yeah, you can't do that anymore. You can't do that anymore, <laughs> you know, because, but I would go in and be like, I'd be flipping through and it's like, oh, 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 Iron Maiden. Who's Iron Maiden? Oh, this is cool. I'm going to check this out, you yeah, know. yeah, yeah. So I've kind of gone back to that mentality of, like, I'm so sick of seeing 47 trailers for the same movie, and by the time you've watched them all, you've basically seen 90% of the friggin' movie. Right, right. And I know personally, just as somewhat of a filmmaker, as I call myself, <laughs> um, I hate tra I hate having to cut trailers. So I, like, give props to anyone that can cut trailers. Or oh, there's an art form to it. The guys that are good at doing it are... Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, but personally, if someone's like, "Hey, edit a trailer for your movie," I'm like, "Fuck you, <laughs> dude!" I don't even like. It's like, well, it's the same. It's kind of that same thing as if you're a, um, if you're like an author or something. 
you know the worst part for me of doing writing anything is writing up a synopsis. Right, right. I hate, hate writing that because dumb, I, dumb down your story for us. I need your whole story in three paragraphs, but don't give anything away. <laughs> but we also need to know what's going on. <laughs> so I get it from that aspect of it's hard to do, but at the same time, it's like, dude, before you release your trailer, get. 20 people in your target audience, whether they're other filmmakers that work for you or whatever, have them come in, have them sit down and go, watch this trailer, have them give you the feedback, because those are generally the guys that are like, no, that trailer sucks. Right, right. You know, instead of, okay, we're going to focus this on uh, 12-year-olds who probably 99% of them will never watch this movie anyway. What did you guys think? Well... She, her hair was as, you know, <laughs> as my lady friend's little girl would say, well, I didn't like her hair. Or I didn't like that, you know. Well, okay, we got to focus more on the hair or just, you know, whatever. And then everybody else that would go to pay to see the movie is like, I don't know what's happening in this trailer. It seems very like it's JoJo, JoJo Siwa, the trailer oh or whatever. Right, right, right. You, yeah, know? Yeah. you know exactly what I'm talking about. I know <laughs> what you mean. Yeah, yeah. It's just like... I would, yeah, I would rather give my film to someone and be like, here, cut a trailer what you think this is. Because if I watch the trailer and it sends the message that I was... Case in point, Sleep Eaters. I cut a trailer for that movie. It was supposed to be festival trailers. It was supposed to be extended. It ended up being four fucking minutes long. <laughs> because you didn't know what to cut right. out. Right, <laughs> and that they, it got fucking chewed the fuck on the internet. Like, oh, this is the shittiest movie in the world, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and I'm like, well, there's a lot to it if you just watch the movie, but... Yeah, I don't I don't cut trailers anymore very well. I'll do ads, I guess, but right. not a trailer. Teasers are one thing cuz you can usually it's like one or two quick seeds right, with a little right. bit of music and some, you know. It's more like a vignette. Yeah, yeah. But nowadays everyone's just like chop 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 chop. Oh, noises coming from like left right speaker and I'm just like holy fuck, man. Like there's I can't edit techno music let alone a trailer nowadays. <laughs> right. So we need to turn that, yeah, we need to turn this techno song into a, a uh, two, you know, one minute and 30 second trailer. And, um, yeah, no, 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 I, I get it, dude. It's, it's, editing is its own art form, regardless of what format you're editing. It's, it's its own thing, man. I'm more traditional, just like, like how Romero would do it. He's just like, cover your ass, cut, you know, the mat, you have the master wide from both angles, you have the close ups, blah, blah, blah. Maybe you'll do, like, a trick shot if there's, like, an action. If someone throws, like, you know, uh, a loaf of bread and it's in a bag, like, twist the bag up and just have the bag go to the person's yeah, face, like, yeah. all Sam Raimi style. But I'm, Or if you're real lucky and you got somebody with a drone and you can get a couple overheads oh, or something. Oh, I know. Dr you know? Drones nowadays, it's like, holy fuck, you don't even... That expands a lot for people. It really does. But that also, I think, gives people a false sense of security having the drones because I've seen drone shots in a few movies where it's like, Dude, okay, we know you paid for the drone, right? But that's like the fiftieth drone shot I've seen in the first twenty minutes of your right. movie, and it doesn't have to do with anything going no. on. And you can <laughs> see the, the, the silhouette of the drone as the sun shining, like right because the lighting's not right, right, or they don't have the post to be able to take that out in post <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I mean, it's one of those again. It's it's one of those. It's kind of like. Um, the drone thing is like the new found footage thing for me. It's like, oh, yeah, you no, know, I totally agree. It's, yeah. get, it's because it's new and it's exciting. Everybody's just like, 
what can we do to put drone shots in our film? Right, you know? right. It's like they've been they've been doing shots like that since uh, you know what's that the wildlife show that used to be on PBS? I can't remember the fucking name. Um, dun, 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 dun. Yeah, <laughs> National yeah. Geographic, something like that. Like they, you know, you I, watch I, I remember the bobcat approaches its prey yeah. because they would they wouldn't be able to get too close to the bobcat. Well, no, know? because he's gonna maul the shit out of you. <laughs> 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 you know. But no, no, I, I get it. It's like it's in, it's any of those things with like that newer technology. People just have a tendency to just get silly with it and overdo it. And then it kind of go fades away a little bit, and then it gets used in a more normal, rational way. It's like okay, well, I could see if you had two, say, two rival gangs that are getting ready to throw right, down. Right. That's the time for your cool overhead shot, you know. And that's like a three-second overhead shot. So basically, drone is a drone is like paprika. A little goes a long way. You know. Yes, yes. It's like fat guy seasoning, as I always called it. <laughs> uh, you know, on the pizzas, a lot of it's really it's tasty, but it's not necessary. You know, it's it's, it's you're gonna get to the heart attack way quicker if you do that. You know, right, so, right. so just a pinch. You still get the flavor, and it's more exciting that way. It leaves you wanting more, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> but um, yeah. So, uh, and you you just um, you've been you said you've been doing some music and stuff again. I too, have, or? yeah. Well, I'm, I'm getting back into the groove of it because I, I you knew a little bit about it. I, yeah. I used to rap for um, for years in my twenties. I wasted my twenties rapping. I, I wasted my 20s screaming, so I hear what you're saying. So, but the, it's hard now because I have a kid, and I actually stopped rapping because I had a kid. But she's old enough now where we can, we're doing more creative things together. Right. Um, we did the Barons movie last summer with yeah. the Pennywise. That was a lot of fun. And I've been able to incorporate her in a lot of projects that we do, and I don't have to worry about, you know... Well, she's too young, but blah, blah, blah. she gets it. She gets the process, and teaching her the process is like I want to, you know, I want her to be like a better director and stuff when she gets older, and she's very interested in it. But as far as the music went, I was just like, oh, she's gonna be YouTubing and googling, you know, how Daddy and Mom met, you know, right. and, and <laughs> she's gonna hear some lyrics that aren't gonna be very. Um, uh, appropriate right right but i think i'm comfortable now that as she's getting older that i'm able to like how you said about the cathartic screaming and things like that like that's what the rap was for me it was like i could write everything that made me angry you know okay now and i i totally i totally get this but let me throw this out to you I found I'm more angry than I now than I was in my twenties. It's just my anger is more focused on certain things instead of just everything. I agree. I agree. It, yeah. It's it's really weird. It's like it it was always so random when I was younger. It was always like it. it I don't know. Man, I think it's just part of growing older. You know, you and it's not even. I guess. I feel like such a dad saying this because I don't, I don't, I don't even know how I don't even know how to say it. It's like you know now my anger almost feels like you know when your dad would look at you as a kid and said, "I'm not angry, I'm just disappointed." Oh yeah, yeah. you know, and that made me feel so much worse than if (laughs) they were just like, "What the hell are you doing, you dumb little shit? Don't do it again," you know. That was when you you get that look and that I'm just really disappointed. 
Like, that's my anger now. It's like, man, I'm just so disappointed in, in whatever, you know, the thing is, is, is like, we know better or whatever, or, you know, it's just like, so I seem to like, I know, like, when I'd write lyrics when I was younger, it was, it was always very random. It just, which is good because there's a nice variety to it. I have a tendency now to focus more, like, as we're writing albums, it seems to, seems to be more thematic. Right. Towards, right. like, a certain subject. Yeah. Which, and even if you go back, like, bands, artists, whoever you listen to, I think you see that a lot when you're younger. Those albums are all over the place, you know, and themes and stuff. But then when you start getting, when the guys start hitting their mid-30s, late-30s, and they're still, the bands that are still putting stuff out. They're more concept. They're more, it's more of a concept yeah. album where it's about, okay, this is about X, Y, and Z now, instead of... A B C D E F G H I J K L M N O P. I mean, if it's gonna be if it's gonna be a bunch of tracks about something that's random, then you just call it a mixtape, you know, like yeah, you know, something like that. Or, but for me, I this is a weird thing too because when I rap and when I used to perform, I always thought that I was more of a character who is um, conveying thoughts that I have personally. I'm more of an avatar of, right, right. of something. And it, you know, we had, you know, we have, you know, bones and guts and all kinds of stuff on stage be covered in blood. Like it was, a, it was, it was a, it was a, like the misfits of the, of the punk world to, to a hip hop rap project. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And it was, you know, it was cathartic in that way because I love spooky shit. I love Halloween. I love, I lo just like how comedians love to get applause and laughter. I love when people go, oh. Like, right, right. I love to discuss people because I'm smiling when I'm doing it. Yeah. And it just, it feels, it feels nice. It's almost like when a kid is playing with, like, slime. You know, they're like, oh, this is so gross, but I can't stop. I love that. it, though, but it's disgusting. Yeah. That, that's me in, like, weird horrorcore and, like, rap stuff, so. Yeah, yeah I mean, and that's, and that's the thing, and, and that's the other thing, too, is, like, Within the Kingdom of Nightmares, I've always written songs. I write a lot of serious stuff, too, but I've always had those horror-themed songs. Right, right, right. You know, like, we have a we have a song called We Sleep, which is based on yes. They Live by John Carpenter. Yes, yeah. You know, um, there is a music video for that, by the way, up on YouTube. So go to YouTube and check out In the Kingdom of Nightmares, We Sleep. Shot by my good friends at Pregnant Toilet Productions, who are behind the Slim Duffy show, and the the hilarious Ricky Reed Nature Guide. If you are easily offended, do not watch either one of those. Can, but, can I talk uh, about them for a moment? Because yeah. like, I love the Slim Duffy show. I love what uh, Matt Enos is doing, and yeah. you know JT. I love those guys so much, and they're doing it right in Maine. Yeah. So like, they came to a convention that we did. Uh, so we had our table like two tables down, and then they had their table, and they came in full character, which is perfect, perfect for the type of show that they have. And they had baseball cards with their faces on them. Oh and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, like they get it, they get it, and I love, I love that they're doing that, and I love that they shot that music video for you because I was like, oh, it's like the perfect kind of like creative nepotism that we need. <laughs> well, the whole thing is like I have known Matt since he was in high school. Oh wow, like, okay. He, he used to like. He used to hang around with the Divine Ruin, which was Rachel and Max's old band and my bass player, okay. Bruce's old band. Okay. So he used to follow them around. I have a couple DVDs that he shot for them here. Um, and Matt used to make all these little short films and stuff when he was in high school. And 
You know, he always would give me a desk with like 40 short films that he shot. And it was the type of stuff that like, it reminded me of like stuff me and my friends would have done, you know, that type of stuff. And it's like, but he pursued it on and he kept pursuing it. He went to film school and then I didn't really kind of fell out of touch with him a little bit. And then all of a sudden we kind of got back in touch and I started watching the Slim Duffy stuff. So I was like, I know Matt will get what I'm talking about because I brought the idea to him. It's like, listen, I have this idea. It's like, I wrote a song. It's it's basically, you know, it's about the movie they live. I was like, but here's the idea. Is I want it to involve like the Slim Duffy show world. Right. How can we make this work? <laughs> you know, I have a couple ideas. So I'd send him a couple ideas and he'd throw back ideas and you know, I was like, kind of, you know, you know what's going to work for your characters, so kind of do your thing with it. Right. You know, like I had an idea, one of the ideas was about like the, you know, the billboards with the eat Vienna sausages and the whole, I wanted yeah, it yeah, because yeah. based <laughs> on those characters, I kind of knew, and you know, he had, and he threw in some of the other stuff and it was like, but it was really cool because I felt like it, there was a cool symbiosis between that. Very of, collaborative, yeah. You know, yeah. so we're going to, we're hoping we're, we are, um... In the Kingdom of Nightmares, heading back into the studio finally after like four months because we couldn't go because of everything going on. We had started recording a new album and then had to put everything on hold. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so the guys are going back in to finish up guitars and bass, and I will be going to do vocals pretty soon, but we're going to be releasing a new album end of summer, early fall. But I know we really want to work with Matt on another video yeah, because yeah. he gets it. You know, we'd like to work with you guys on a video. Some of our friends that are creative. I bug Matt to work with him. Like, I want to work with him. Because, like, I love other creative people. And, you know, combining... I I, I joke about that nepotism, but it's in Maine. Like, we kind of all offshoot. Well, it's a... But it's a pretty small community of people in Maine, too, you know? And it's like uh, my friend Sam... Who acted in our Plague Breaker video, which we really have never got to finish in... Um, you know, because I knew Sam and she was in our video and I was like, she did a good job in that. And when you were looking for somebody, you know, it was like, Sam, go check this out. You know, it's just one of those weird things. That's the one thing I like about the creative community in Maine in general, for the most part anyway, is... There's some bad eggs. There's always going to be bad eggs. You know who I'm talking about. <laughs> there's always going to there's always going to be bad eggs, man. It doesn't matter what scene you're in. But um for the most part everybody is very supportive of each other. But the thing is there's it's I've never really seen it as a big competition thing yeah. with most people. Yeah. Because it's like Hey, my buddy's shooting a film. You were in our thing. Dude, go try out for that. Yeah, or, yeah. hey, my buddy's a guitar player. This band over here needs a, a guitar player. All right, go check them out. Or, you know, put, I'll put you guys in touch with each other. Or Anywhere else where the market is so saturated with creative, especially like California, Boston, or New York, like, it's almost like you get, if you have, if you live in a house full of other actors that are trying to be, you know, and you go and you get on a project that another one of your friends wanted to be on, it's just almost like it ruins your relationship with people yeah. because they're so resentful about it. Yeah. Um, Not to get off topic, I have a funny uh, funny Slim Duffy show oh, <laughs> story. No, go on it, man. I'm going to be having JT and Matt, hopefully both of them on pretty soon, probably one of the next couple episodes. So, so. we did a uh, we did a film festival um, 
at the last Bangor Comic Con. Yeah. And this was at the Carlson Children's Center. A lot of people there. And so we, I hit up Matt. I was like, oh, it'd be really cool if, you know, we showed some episodes of Slim Duffy show. So, you know, I, we even, I think we had a warning on there that, you know, not all subject matter was appropriate for all ages, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> well, we're, um, we're getting ready to play it. And this group, it's, um, I'm trying to be as mo- most respectful as possible. It's a day group of individuals that were coming in. They sat down. I think they wanted to, you know, just kind of sit down and. They didn't necessarily know where they were sitting. <laughs> I'm talking like a group of like 15 people. Oh. And uh, an episode of Slim Duffy comes on. <laughs> and I think it took um, it took about, you know, 30 seconds after uh, JT like was like using something to uh, actually it... administer a colonoscopy on himself <laughs> where they got up. And I've never seen such an exodus from a room that was so disgusted and defiled, <laughs> except for one person in the group that really wanted to stay, but everyone else had to leave. <laughs> right, right. I got me. I started laughing my ass off, and I immediately texted Matt, and I was like, "Dude, your your episode just made everyone leave the room." In Thirty seconds. <laughs> it's a new record, man. <laughs> but <laughs> that's like that's something to tote because that's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. and and that's what I've always said, like. People and I talked to and I talked to Mike JT about that right. when he was on the show a while back. I was like, everybody's like who asked me about that show was always like, well, how do you describe it? And I'm like, I was like, the best way I could describe it is that I was like, if you like the Trailer Park Boys but raunchier, right, right, you yeah. would probably dig it. I said it's a very specific brand of humor. If you like trauma movies. And that's your jam. You're probably gonna like that show. Or if you like the actor French Stewart, then you'll like Slim Duffy. <laughs> if you like Andy Dick, uh, you know you will like the Slim Duffy shows. <laughs> um, Matt, I hope you got that French Stewart reference. <laughs> no, they're rocking the sun. <laughs> I think he. Uh, I think he knows what he's talking about there, brother. You know. <laughs> I can't do that. That's Chicago and Maine accent. It's it's East Boston meets Bahama. Okay, okay. that's okay. all I can think of. It's, but you, you know, it's um. But then somebody, yeah, somebody was trying to, and I'm like, that's the only thing I can think of to tell him is I was like, it reminds me of like the spirit of Trailer Park Boys, and yes. it's that low budget, um, just. People having fun. They don't fucking care what they're saying. They're doing their thing. Yep. If you get it, you get it. If you don't, I'm oh, sorry. Too bad. Uh, you honestly, know, that's the attitude that I get from those guys. They are having fun with what they're doing. They enjoy it. Matt's got lightning in bottle with that show because I think even after all of us are dead and gone, people are going to discover that show and go, what the fuck? And they're not going to be able to stop watching. It's going to be like the Sea Lab of its time. You <laughs> oh know, it's going to <laughs> we're going to do some deep diving right there, buddy. You know, it's like it's like Sea Lab and Sea Lab twenty twenty. Okay, it's like <laughs> so, see. I like talking about other people's shit more than my own. <laughs> I, dude, it's one thing, man. I and that's one of the reasons, like, I started this show, dude, is I like hyping up my friends. I have so many awesome creative friends. You know, from musicians, I, I feel, I've always felt like I'm in a unique spot because I'm a musician, because I write, mm-hmm. because I have interest in film and all this other stuff. It's like, I feel like I know so many creative people that it's like, 
Dude, I get excited when my friends release shit and put something new out. I'm, like, I've never got the whole, well, Joe over here just got a record deal. Well, fuck them. I don't like them anymore. It's like, right, dude, right. you know, it's like, well, my friend, like, I, I've had, I have several friends that are doing music professionally that I grew up, you know, grew up in the scene with. It's not like, oh, damn them. It's like, dude, that's fucking awesome. I'm so proud of you, you know man. What? You, you know, know why you're not one of those people? Because you're not the same guy that's at the theater making noise to piss people off. No, I'm They're... the guy that gets mad at those people. <laughs> those are the same fucking people, the resentful people in the world that think that everyone owes them something and they're not willing to give anything back. Yeah, it's just, I don't know, man, and I don't get it. And I've never understood not supporting your friends. It's just like... Because I get bummed out if my friends don't support me, which happens, but I get it, man. Some people just don't give a shit. It's just one of those things. But it's like, so that was part of the reason I started to show up. So, it, you know, I love talking about my friends and the success they're having and the projects they're doing because I get excited. Oh, I do too. And it, it's just like, just watching them and watching you guys. Like, I told you I ran into Gary the other day. Yeah. Like, it's nice to see. Congratulations to Gary oh and his God. lovely wife, Nikki, on the birth of their Muzzle baby boy. Tough. Which is very awesome. We just—he was very excited. Um, got you know, he's—he's he's, uh, same age as me, you know. So he's like, it, it's pretty exciting. He's—he got his boy, carry on the family name, that whole thing, man. Yeah. The guy, little guy, come out. He's all healthy. He's in very good shape. So yeah. we're help, very help us all. No, I'm just kidding, Gary. I would say there's another <laughs> porter in the world. We're all in trouble, you know. <laughs> Gary will totally understand that. That is no disrespect there. He's going to be faster than you. He's going to be a better drummer than you, Gary. Gary's probably like, yeah, he probably will be. He'll be, <laughs> he'll be, he'll be that little kid on the YouTube videos at three, you know, doing like 300 BPM bass and shit. And <laughs> no, but congratulations, Muscles. Yes, very excited, very excited. Uh, we, um, so yeah, we're. Uh, I, Jesus, I forgot the hell we were even talking about. Oh, I know. We got on a tangent. Oh, you were talking about you ran into Gary. And we were, oh, you were yeah, yeah. I ran into Gary. him at a establishment that sells now medically <laughs> nice cannabis. Yes. Yes. It's all legal in Maine, so it should be everywhere, but that's a whole other episode. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, he was telling me he ran into you, and he was... Uh, He's like, holy shit, that's Shane Grant. And I was like, holy shit, that's Gary. That's the Gary Porter. I forgot your last name for a, for a minute. <laughs> and most everybody just knows him as Gary. I, I'm sure he's like one of those dudes, like half the people. It's like me. Everybody knows me as TJ, but if you were like, what's his... What? If you were like, hey, is Tom... Do you know Thomas? They'd be like, what? The train engine? What? <laughs> what? Who's, who's Thomas? T oh, yeah, I know, I know no, TJ. TJ, TJ. He's pretty hard to miss. He's like 6'1", <laughs> big, big dude, you know. Pretty hard to miss. Usually likes to give people hugs and pick them up off the ground. And, you know, if you've met me, that's that's the one thing. Like, everybody's always like, dude, you give the best hugs. <laughs> like, I'm, but I'm a scary metal guy. Don't let people know that shit, man. You're going to ruin my reputation. As long as it's not a Biden hug from behind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not going to, like, stroke your hair and, like, lick your ear and yeah. stuff. So, <laughs> unless you want. Maybe to. he's like, I bet if you looked at his lineage, he, it would go back to Albert Fish. Ooh. Ooh. Ouch. Ew. I just dropped that right there. Look yeah. it up. Biden <laughs> is related to Albert Fish. People are going, who the hell is Albert Fish? <laughs> just, yeah, that's, uh, you're going down a rabbit hole if you get on that, dude. Seriously, that's, yeah. Uh, ouch. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, so, just think Jeffrey Dahmer, but worse. 
Yeah, much worse. Much, much worse. <laughs> I mean, like, he sent, he honestly, he sent a correspondence to the family of the child that he ate, thanking them. So he had some manners. Yeah, dot, dot, dot. yeah the, that's one of those that's just like, dude, that's like cold gangster. He had manners, him. but he didn't because he ate the kid, which I don't get it. Yeah, he's he's like, he's, uh, who was the other dude? There was him and the uh, H.G. H. Holmes. Oh, H.H. Uh, H. Holmes. H.H. H. Holmes. From yeah. the, world, the World Fair. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, those two were like the original bad dudes of the U.S. As Holmes, far as Holmes had it figured out because he was like, oh, there's going to be a mass gathering of people? Oh, that's like a school of fish for me. <laughs> see? See how we connected that? Fish? Ah, school of fish? fish. Aha! Fish. See, it all comes around. It does. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> so besides uh, besides Morty, you got any other? You've been working on anything? You got any other things in the pipeline? And you just pretty much concentrating on that right a now? lot of my attention. Like a hundred, I, I like to say a hundred percent because I always feel like I overdo myself a lot. Like I was like, oh, I have a hundred percent attention on this, but I have fifty percent on this. I never got that. Give it a hundred ten percent. I'm gonna give it a hundred ninety. I don't care. But yeah, Morty is our full attention right now. Yeah. Um, I'm still doing a little project with my daughter, which is fun. We have that uh, daddy-daughter scare factory thing. Yeah. and Which uh, is, that's, that's very cool. I like that, that you're doing something with her and, you know, getting her involved in it. And... Well, we went to Fort Knox the other day, and she's just like, oh, this would be really cool for a scene. And I ended up doing one of those uh, one of those shots with her down one of the tunnels where you zoom in on their face, but you move forward as you're zooming out, and it makes it look like... It's got that weird perspective thing yeah. going on there. Yeah, so we're, we're messing with stuff like that, and it's just fun that she's getting to be the age now where we can be creative together. Yeah. But... She's uh, old enough to have some ideas to throw out that aren't just completely random and undoable. Too, right, you know, right. We watch, we watch Goosebumps together. We watch, you know, sometimes Are You Afraid of the Dark and stuff like that. Yeah, and, see, where, see, how old? She's what, six? She'll, she'll be eight in eight, August. Oh, so she's almost the same age as Autumn. Yeah. Um, that's the thing, like, and this would be a good conversation to have with you real, real quick, too. So, as, like, Autumn is always asking us to watch movies because she hears, like, her friends talking about right, something. And right. it's like, um, no, you're not watching that. I'm, <laughs> no. How co- can I watch Piranha? Can I watch this? Can I, it's like, um. Ch- Chucky's the worst. That, that, I get that a lot. Can I watch Chucky? Well, she wanted to watch it, and okay. it, it was like, well, I'm that's up to your mom if she really wants to let you do that. But at the same time, I wouldn't be quite comfortable with the, the thematical elements of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, but it's like I showed her, but she wants to watch scary movies, and it's it's that weird part. And I hear people talking about it a lot. Is like. <sighs> when we were younger. The world was a lot different. Th- mm-hmm. Things were a lot different. I I feel like I'm turning into an old man. It's we felt really weird. Safer, I think it's weird. Like it's like, dude, I was like 10, 11, 12 when I started watching, like really getting into horror movies. Yeah, and watching like Night of the Living Dead ninety and Silence of the Lambs. I mean, dude, those are some Silence of the Lambs is a pretty heavy friggin' movie for a twelve year old. It's got watch. the TikTok. The TikTok. Well, not than just that, more. but just, no, not even just that, but just what that movie is about. Yeah. Granted, I didn't register a lot of what it was at that time because of the age, but I grew up on films like 
I didn't think nothing of watching Critters, right. Monster Squad, Gremlins, uh, you know, Poltergeist, stuff like that. Never, you know, my parents, dude, you know, Red Dawn was one of my favorite movies when I was like six. Right, right. Nowadays, would you let a six-year-old watch Red Dawn? Probably not. No. It's a little, you know, it's, no, it's a no, very no, no. violent movie. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I but, just cut out all the scenes with Patrick Swayze and be like, watch this. <laughs> I'd probably cut Charlie Sheen out before Patrick Swayze. Oh, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. You, know, you know, problematic things, the, those scenes, uh, probably, you know. But it's, uh, you know, but that's like one of my favorite movies. So it's really weird when she's at, because I'm thinking back to when I was that age. But it's like, dude, my, it almost feels like our eight years old, nine years old was a lot different than their nine. I, I say it all the time, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful to anyone, but it feels like the kids that are 10 and 12 now are, like, half the age that we were at that age. When I was 10 or 12, dude, I used to stay home by myself for the whole weekend. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. You I know, remember, my parents yeah. left me home because they they knew I wasn't going to burn the house down. I could cook my own meals. I knew not to let anybody in the house. I knew, not, you know. Yeah. And it's like, nowadays, dude, you wouldn't leave your kid at home for two or three days by themselves at that age. No, and it's weird, too, because everyone says that, like, our kids are growing up too fast, and they want this, they want that. Like, uh, this was a uh, conversation uh, I had with, uh, you know, uh, some uh, someone that had a, a child, and they were just like, oh, we want we want a cell phone. You know, we want a cell phone. Or, like, you know, they're, like, five years old, five, six years old. Send them with a the cell phone. It's like, I didn't get a cell phone until I was fucking 19, man. They didn't even have cell phones <laughs> until I was... Uh, <laughs> And that was a huge deal, you know, to have a cell I phone. got my first cell phone in 1990. Uh, no, I got my first cell phone in, uh, yeah, well, yeah, it would have been early, to, late 90s, early 2000s, I think, is when I got my first one, because I think it was before I had my house here. It was right after I graduated high school. Oh no, yeah. no, no! I got my first. I got my first one. I got my first cell phone. Sorry, in two thousand five. Yeah, that's I, around the same time. About two thousand five, and that was like that was like a big deal to get that because it was like this is the old one piece friggin' Nokia that had the yeah. antenna you had to pull out, right. and not so much the nice guy Eddie phone from Reservoir Dogs, but a little no, bit no, smaller. A little bit smaller, <laughs> but not a whole hell of a lot. Um, you know, um, it was like those toy phones we used to have when you were a little kid. You know, that was like. Like that size. But, and that's the thing. It's like, dude, the technology part of stuff is so weird as far as, like, it moves so fast and there's so much going on. But at the same time, it's like, mentally, I just don't think a lot of kids are... are no, no, no. They're no, not no. as mature, I guess, would be the right word is... I agree with that. And it's almost like, you know, you, you have technology, which is this big master machine, but you have technicians that do not have the training to use them. That's how I liken the kids with the the internet now or YouTube or right. stuff like that. It's like YouTube is like brainwashing you and you need to limit, in my opinion, you need to limit the amount of time that YouTube is available in your house because it will go from video to video to video and that's what you expect out of the world. Right. And it's just kind of scary. Well, it's that attention, it's that attention span thing too. It's yeah. like, it's all, and there's not that there's, it's like anything. You can't just be like, oh, YouTube is bad. We, we need to get rid of YouTube. I use YouTube all the time. I, I use YouTube all the time. Yeah. But it's like, it's also, but I suppose, okay, so to counterpoint that, 
People are going to say, how is that any different than when you were a kid and your parents used to throw you in front of the TV for two or three hours at a time? Oh, and watch Nickelodeon. And watch, you know, Cartoon Express on USA in the morning for, you know, before I went to school every day for two hours. Well, it's weird because I I know a lot, it sounds weird to say I know a lot of kids, but... <laughs> I know a lot of kids that watch somewhere somebody on a, is putting that down on a checklist uh, <laughs> that watch you, that watch YouTube and they're not watching so much as like a, an original medium they're watching someone play a video game or play with, with toys play and tell with them, toys tell them how good it is and or... it blows my mind that someone would want to watch someone playing a game I didn't even like doing that going over to my house it's like oh no i got bored i'm yeah. like dude you guys you guys want to go outside and play guns or you guys want to go outside and play waffle ball or do you guys yeah. want to go you know play manhunt and throw apples at each other like, <laughs> i'm not going over to ben's house because he's only got one fucking controller and i'm not gonna watch him play you know fucking golden eye by himself right we're gonna have to take turns and i'm gonna have to sit there for 45 minutes because he plays this all the time and i suck at it and i'm gonna die in five it's just the the interests throw me off like I get the I get the attraction to it, but the interest of what they're actually watching, like I would be watching, you know, old cartoons and stuff like that. Yeah, I watch YouTube now because I need to know how to fix something. <laughs> <laughs> we're the generation that had shop class taken away from us, right. so we're the generation that needs to go to YouTube and look and be like. Dude, I have no idea how to do this because I never had shop class because they took it away my freshman year. Yeah. So I never learned how to, you know, I never learned how to weld. Right. I never learned how to do proper measurements to put a roof on or build steps or, you know. Or like, you know, you take your car to the mechanic and he says you got like $2,000 worth of things wrong with it. Well, let's look up exactly what needs to be done to it. Right. Because I have no understanding of what this terminology is. Yeah, it's, it's all, it's it's the Charlie Brown teacher thing where it's wah, 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 you know. All I hear is like, I just see dollar signs like Sims coming out of the mechanic's mouth. <laughs> Oh, oh, gee. You know, it's, yeah, and it's like, I just want to walk home now. I don't even want a car. I just want you to take the steps out of the pool so I can't get out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stuck in the pool on the deep end, and there's no steps. This is where I live now. This is, this is my home. This is going to turn into... Um, <laughs> Uh, the, the Guillermo del Toro movie that I love so very much with the fish man that I'm having to bring. Dude, you talking my, about Hellboy or the other one? No, 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 with the fit. Not Abe Sapien, but it, oh, the, uh, it was basically the creature of the black. What movie. the fuck movie? Um, I know what you Not mean. a fish in her water. That's, that would be like the word. <laughs> the, okay, bad titles for a movie, fish underwater. Don't ever use no, that it's what, you, what you get when you get, like, you know, uh, Abe Sapien combined with uh, Michael Myers, you get the shape under the water. The yeah, shape of the water. The shape of water, yes. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. shape of water, which is a fantastic movie, by the way. I love Michael Shannon. My brain just is... Yeah, my brain, dude. I'll tell you what, I don't know about you, but... Because of the whole lockdown thing, my brain feels like it's moving at half speed most of the time. Oh, I know. But, but that's me all the time because of the weed. That's not my problem. <laughs> like, that's not my problem. So, but it just feels like normally I feel like I I, I always feel like I've got that memory where I can just be like, so-and-so, so-and-so, so-and-so. It just pops. Yeah. Now, now, since all this started, I'm home and I'm not actually out interacting. You know, it's getting a little better now, but... Right. Before, it was like, 
I'd be trying to think of something, and I'm just like, duh. Well, it's like, it's Stephen King's Dreamcatcher where they have the memory warehouse. It's like, you, you had to burn your old, like, 80s lyrics to make room for your, you know, your I got rid box. of the lyrics for Blue Bayou, right, man. Exactly. <laughs> you know? And I've always thought, that was, like, one of my favorite, like, Stephen King, like, allegories, basically, for, like, memory, is that it, memory warehouse. Yeah, 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 no, yeah, I agree with you there. Now, okay, so... That's the divisive Stephen King movie. I don't think I've ever talked with anybody about Dreamcatcher on the show. I love Dreamcatcher. Okay. I love Dreamcatcher. Not ashamed to admit it, but I will admit that movie has a, the movie has a lot of problems. But it's still a good movie. There's a lot of good stuff in there. Well, why why did um, Morgan Freeman borrow Arlie Emery's eyebrows for that film? I don't know. He had the caterpillars going on for <laughs> sure on that, man. I don't think that was described in the novel. <laughs> Maybe R. Lee was originally supposed to be that character. Yeah. They were like, we need to give a nod to R. Lee yeah. in this. You yeah. know? Like your, your eyebrows the caterpillar are still brows, under, under contract. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, you are in the film. Your eyebrows, yes. We've got a you know, $10,000 insurance policy on those. It's but like if you look at that movie and you look at the actors that were in that movie, those are all actors that have pretty good careers they all have weight too man those yeah. are all like they're all good actors as far as as, as the crew you know like Tim, uh, timothy Oliphant is like the one that stood out to me he went on to do not only justified but he went on the santa clarita diet um he's a hilarious guy too like he's one of those actors that, that was one of the first things i ever remember seeing him in the first one i think I remember he was the killer in scream too do you remember that? It was him and... No, uh, because I hated Scream and I didn't watch anything ooh, after, okay. after. Okay. It was him and Jackie from Roseanne that were the killers. Uh, no, no, no. I, no, I think I did watch the first couple. I didn't like the first one and I think... I Dude, I remember nothing about any of those movies now. I probably should go back and actually rewatch them. I'm a Scream nerd, so like... I don't know what it was about the first one. It just like rubbed me the wrong friggin' way for some reason. Like I was like... I was like, dude, as a horror nerd, I'm offended. <laughs> as a horror nerd, I'm offended by this. I People can't be that stupid. It's like we had a we had a, like a while too that was just all slashers, like Scream. I know what you did last summer. Uh, the Urban Legend movies. Urban Legend is really good, by the way. I like that movie. Oh, I have all those on VHS. Yeah. yeah, and like I remember, like that was all we were getting. And zombie movies were few and far between. And then there was all of a sudden after the slashers came like the infected movies and the zombie movies yeah well see that's my thing as as a as when it comes to horror dude i lean towards the vampire and werewolf and monster type movies like jaws and piranha and uh you know any critters things like that i like werewolves are like my favorite thing on the planet we don't get nearly enough cool werewolf movies um and then but there's all that stuff and it's weird, like, I like slashers, but they are probably, like, my least, one of, next to torture porn, they're probably, like, my least favorite subgenre of yeah, film. Yeah, I can see that, yeah. Like, I get in the, like, I, I absolutely adore the Friday the 13th movies. I've always been real hit or miss with Nightmare on Elm Street, um, but that's not, I don't even know if I consider that a slasher movie so much. It's, it's, it's a, almost yeah. a horror comedy it, more than a slasher. Right, right. Well, especially after the first few and then it, where yeah. it gets into... Well, that's where, like, it's almost, like, kind of obscure in the way that, like, Texas Chainsaw, especially the second one, 
Like that's not to me. That's, that's a dark, that's a black comedy yeah, more than anything. It's like you're taking slasher characters and you're having fun with them in a way that no one else had done before. Which is still my favorite Bill Mosley performance. Oh yeah, yeah. He's so yeah. he's so good, man. A chop top and that. It's just like. Have you seen Three from Hell? Not yet. Oh, okay. We can't talk about that. No, no. I've I've been it's. I almost bought it the other day because I see it, it was for sale in Redbox, and I was just like, I need to just buy it so I can have it with the rest of the. I will go on record in saying that the the last year, the two most disappointing movies that I watched was the New Pet Cemetery and Three from Hell. I've heard that from a lot of people. Oh. They were like way too much dialogue, not enough things going on. I, uh, there's a story behind that that I hope one day Rob Zombie comes out and explains why, you know, because Sid got sick and he had to change the script and, let's say, and what actually happened and how that affected the film. Because I think Sid had a lot bigger, bigger role in that I film. hope the fuck, because otherwise, like, what the fuck happened there? I know you haven't seen it, but like no, no, yeah. I know, I know, I've heard enough spoilers about that whole thing that it's like he's pretty much not even in it. It's just right, and they just have like characters that interact, like the Rondo character that Danny Trejo plays. Yeah, yeah. For somehow, some reason, does not remember Bill Mosley, who he was tasked in the previous film to go and get as a bounty hunter. Yeah, yeah. Now, how the fuck? Like, they're smart. There's, than there's, that. there's holes there. Yeah. yeah. I almost wonder if it's one of those things where he just was like, felt like he was pressured into like, I I think so. I think he should. I feel like I need to do this for the fans or whatever. It's one of those things. And it happened with uh, Broken Lizard, with the newer Super Troopers, I thought too. I really liked the newer Super Troopers. Did you like the. I I thought it could have been. I felt like it was rushed. And even though it was like 20 years old. (laughs) Yeah, no, but it's one of those things. It's, I really liked it, but I've, I've, I've heard, there's a couple of my favorite, like, scenes of any Broken Lizard, anything they've done is in that movie. Okay, yeah. The whole thing, because I am a hockey nerd, and I love hockey, the whole spiel with the hockey and friggin', um, uh, not, um, oh, what is his name? It was the guy who was played uh, in Tucker and Dale versus Evil there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, um, one of the Mounties. Yeah, yeah. he plays one of the Mounties in that whole... I know who the fuck calls on Hockey Night? Me and my buddies just dying laughing because we're <laughs> like, that's us. Yeah. You don't call when we're watching fucking Hockey, yeah. do we get upset? It's, you know, it's like, there was a lot of stuff like that that made us, made us laugh. There was a lot of stuff, especially with, like, Rob Lowe's character that yes, I just yeah. felt forced, really forced, you yeah. know? Yeah, but. I, Rob Lowe was kind of forced for me, um, but I just thought, because I'm a wicked critic anyways, and I'm like, I would have wrote it like this with my pinky out, you know, yeah. just like, and it's woulda, coulda, shoulda, and it is what it is, but those guys are fucking hilarious, and I met uh, um, Eric Stolhansky. I know, I was kind of bummed I didn't get to go last the last year because of some of the people that were there that I really wanted to meet. He know, was but. he was pretty cool. And I, I just remember the one thing, because, like, when you meet a celebrity that you, like, think that's funny and stuff, and I try not to get nervous, I try to treat them like, you know, like I've known them for years. I walked up to him. Dude, why are you grabbing my ass? Right. <laughs> I do this for all my friends. What are, you, what are you talking about? And I asked him, and it wasn't about Super Troopers, it wasn't about anything, it was about... Uh, uh, the Dukes of Hazard remake that they did with Johnny oh, oh yeah, yeah. And I was like, "There's a joke in that movie where they're talking to Cooter, and Johnny Knoxville's like, you know, he needs a truck or whatever." And Cooter says to him, which is the David, uh, the guy from Anchorman. I can't remember. He's always bald. I don't know who you're uh, talking about. But yeah, he yeah. he offers him the tow truck, and then Johnny Knoxville goes, 
well, what if someone needs a toe? And he looks at him all deadpan. He's like, well, if I can't tow him, I'll just finger him. <laughs> and I asked whose fucking joke that was, because that's one of the funniest things. In any cut of that movie now, you get on DVD or nothing, that joke is not in it. Really? That joke is gone. Weird. And it's one of the funniest fucking jokes I've heard in any recent movie. That's like, okay, I gotta, this reminded me of something, and uh, this is just going right off the rails, but who cares? This is oh, fun. Yeah. Uh, Okay, now, when Queen of the Damned come out, whether you love or hate that movie, I enjoyed the shit out of it. It's not good, but it's enjoyable. But when I saw it in the theater, it, I swear to God that it had the music that was actually on the soundtrack in the movie. Right. I swear when the original DVD came out, it had the music from the original soundtrack. The last time I watched it, None of that is in there, and it's all the same songs because Jonathan Davis from Korn right. wrote and composed those with the guy that composed the film, but it's all Jonathan Davis singing on it. What the hell happened with that? I, I Did they lose the rights to the thing? Maybe after a while. Or am I just having one of those, no, uh, what, what do they call those? Mandela effects. What, what I'm having a Mandela effect thing no, where I'm thinking wrong? They did it with uh, Return of the Living Dead 2. The new copies of Return of the Living Dead too, even even the first one too. They've they've taken music. I know out. there were some songs in the in the new one because I when I bought it I was like. Uh. They've left the instrumental. They've taken the lyrics out, and you know when they're all running in the first one, then they're and they're like running from the Unita Supply back to the cemetery. Yeah. And the guy's like, oh wow, like all of that's gone. It's just like a dull instrumental, and I'm like, what the. Fuck, man, you lose the energy of that scene. Well, especially when you watch the movie yeah. eight bazillion times, <laughs> and then that's like, what what happened? That's uh, uh, the thing is, like, I used to have a copy of Queen of the Dam that I had on DVD, and unfortunately, that was part of my when I had to sell all my movies back in the day, and. So I hadn't seen it for a long time, and it was on a streaming service, and I went to watch it, and I'm just like, I can't watch this, dude. This is, like, this is, like, messing with me. I, like... You're waiting for that. I'm yeah. wait, When the music comes on the ball, I'm waiting to have, like, that's not right. It just throws me off. So, I'd like to know, I don't, I know I have a Google machine right in front of me, and I bet I could look this up, but Inquiring Minds want to know who, anybody that's listening to this episode, if you know, did they... Was the original soundtrack music used in the movie, or was it always Jonathan Davis doing it in the movie and the soundtrack was its own separate thing? Choir Minds want to know because I that just that throws me off every time because I expect to hear when they do um, Slap So Long. Yeah. I expect Jay Gordon to be singing that, and then all of a sudden it's Jonathan Davis. Not that it sounds bad, right. but it's just, I'm like, that's not right. It's completely dude. It, it completely takes me out of the movie. What, and it's like that with anything when they replace replace music in a film, especially an established film that's been around for a while. It's yeah, just, yeah, it's, it's just, really weird. I'm to trying to think around. of other examples because it has happened many times. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Because movie rights go can go longer than uh, the music rights, and it's weird how they can be detached from the actual film once they're on it. It doesn't make sense to me. Well, that's like what was it uh, uh, when? When they redid, was it Nosferatu or Dracula with the Philip Glass score? Yes, yeah. I Didn't they that. only get that for like so long with that score attached to it, and then it was like, right? It was almost like you know, you're uh, the the limited time Oreos. So <laughs> if you don't get this now, you ain't ever gonna find. 
like yeah, you you do see that happen a lot, which is that's always something I was I've I've just been curious about, but that for some reason made me think of that. So it's uh so we'll we'll <laughs> <laughs> we went off. We man. just yeah, oh. this is gonna be one of those episodes. But you know what? These are like my favorite episodes because it's just like. Me and my friends hanging out and talking about stuff. And this is how I usually talk with my friends. Yeah, I think we could just keep talking, too, and it would go on for hours. I mean, we, we could go on. But I want to get your opinion on this, okay? So I never even knew this was a thing until the other day. Apparently, in, like, 1995, they remade Piranha. They did. Almost shot for shot with the original version. Yes. Why? <laughs> I don't know. I saw that on, what? I think it was Tubi. It's, I saw it on. It's on Amazon, I think it's on Amazon Prime and Tubi right yeah. now, yeah. That confused me because I thought they got, I honestly, when I was looking at it, I was like, they got the year wrong. They. I, I thought in my brain, I was like, they put the wrong year down for this movie. Because I mean, I literally, dude, Braun is like one of my all-time favorite, like, cheesy horror movies. Dude, love that movie right to death. Um... So when I saw that, and I'm going through it, I'm like, what the hell is this? I'm like, <laughs> I've never even heard of this. And I'm like, William Katz, Alexandria Paul, Alexandria Paul and Mila Kunis are in it. Yeah, it's weird. Weird cast. It's a weird cast. And then I, I'm watching it. And other than, like, the first half of the movie literally is a, it's like Psycho. Yeah. It's a yeah. almost shot-for-shot remake with different locations and stuff, mind you, but it's almost a shot-for-shot, word-for-word script remake. And then they add a couple little things, you know, to kind of modernize right, it a little bit right. or whatever. But it's like... So I guess my uh, I guess my question is... <laughs> what is the point of doing a remake like that? Other than, like, I know with, like, Night of the Living Dead, when Savini did it, Part of the reason that they did the 1990 remake was because, if a lot of you aren't familiar with this, Image 10 Releasing was the original company that put out Night of the Living Dead. As Night of the Flesh Eaters. As Night of the Flesh Eaters. Yeah. But, when they had to change it to Night of the Living Dead, that latent images or Image 10, whatever the hell it was got taken off the beginning and it never got copyrighted as such. So that movie was basically in the public domain from the get-go when anybody could make a copy of yeah, it. Yeah, they fucked up. They fucked up. So the original Night of the Living Dead people that were involved with that never made a lot of money off that film. So that was part of the reason with them like tying up some of that. That was why Russo got so mad at Romero, I think, for the longest time because Romero had this amazing career ahead of him and Russo's like, well, what about me? Right. You know, <laughs> hey, he went on to do some things and stuff. He did. I mean, and he wrote the Night of the Return of the Living Dead book. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Which, you know. Was... That's that's a weird tie-in because if you look at the people of all that, like Dan O'Bannon, dude, dude, homie wrote Aliens. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know. <laughs> he, was a, he was a weird guy. Like, I don't know. He was like super sci-fi nerd. And to know that he, like, he was responsible for, in my opinion, one of the best horror comedies. Oh, Top top three for me, yeah. hands down, horror comedy. It's just like, and, I, I would have loved to have a conversation with him. You know, that's, Return of the Living Dead for me, it's not only is it one of the best horror comedies, dude, it's one of the best zombie oh, films yeah. ever made. Hell yeah, and there was no there was no mention before that of zombies loving brains. Or talking. Or talking, or, or like. Moving fast. Yeah, or, <laughs> yeah, and the rigor mortis part of it, and like, they have every archetype scene that is in 
any other monster movie nowadays where it's just like, okay, we need to find the creature. We have the creature. Let's dissect the creature. Let's figure out what they want. Okay, now we know what they want. Now we're going to be fucked anyways. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that whole scene with, you know, when they're in the morgue and he's like, well, why do you want our brains make the pain go Right. So it hurts to be dead. It's, uh, you know, it's that whole... I feel like James Karen, who played, you know... I, dude, I just saw him in a film the other day. I can't remember what the hell it was I was watching. Maybe been that Piranha remake, to be honest I, with you. It might have been. Because I was watching it. And I was like, holy shit, it's James Karen. No way. Yeah. <laughs> was like, was... I feel like he knew what Return of the Living Dead was before anyone else on that crew knew. Yeah. Because of the way he acts when he's just like crying in his fist and he's like, oh, like he makes these noises. And I'm like, dude, you fucking knew what this was going to be. The thing is, to me, that whole, that whole film, you look at the, a lot of those guys were old, um, um, we were just talking about Piranha. Wow. Again, sorry, my brain is moving. Oh, no. That's Roger not... Corman. Yeah. A lot of those guys were like Corman stable guys that were in a lot of old Corman films. Like Kluger and... Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, you know, and uh, the other dude was always in a lot of trauma films. The guy that played the mortician. I can never remember his name. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, he played Ernie, but uh, yeah. I can't remember his name either. Shit. Dude, and there's so much stuff of that that it took me years to get the joke. Bert and Ernie. Bert and Ernie, yeah. You know, and then on the on the uh, Bert is test. a Bert is a slave driver. Yeah. You know, yeah. but there were so much little little things on there that it's just like you don't realize the way past the fact because you're just not processing it or whatever. But that's why, like, if I was like art directors, art directors could be subliminally like uh, like serving themselves by doing stuff like that. Maybe they didn't know that that said bird is a slave driver. Right. But, you know... What are the chances that that... Right. <laughs> you know, wasn't intentionally done like that. Right. It's... it's, But it's weird. Like, that's one of those films of when it come out. So you think of the weird connections between, like, Corman. And then you think you have Tommy Jarvis in that for Friday the 13th. Yep. You have... Spider from Friday the 13th. Oh, yeah. I'm uh, not Demon. Sorry. Demon. Demon. He was Spider yeah. in Return of the Living Dead. Yeah, he was Spider. De- Demon in Friday the 13th. Um, yeah. The guy that played Suicide was the dude that hacks the guy up in part five. Yep. Which was so. And, and he passed away. And, and he Anthony passed Ver- away. Anthony Ferretti or whatever. Yeah, he yeah. passed away not too long after uh, part five, I think. Yeah, he was in some of those. I think he was in some of those karate movies with the dude from Step by Step, the the Cody guy. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. They were in some karate movies together. Yeah, the kickboxer movies yeah, or whatever yeah. they were. There was yeah. an insurgence in the early nineties of like, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so it's weird. Like you see all those, like all those actors and stuff that had. I mean, it, and the thing is, that was loaded with like eighties horror movie staple: Joel Shepard, Linnea Quigley, right? Uh, which I till this day will blame. On my strong love and fascination with goth girls, punk uh, sure. <laughs> girls, and Linnea Quigley, that was just like I'm in love. I like that. We like, yeah. <laughs> we, we like to. We also. Uh, I like spooky girls. Sorry, it just you know it is what it is. But I blame it on that movie. So here's here's a question: If we have enough time to talk about it, oh I'm sure, kind of interested about it. Brian Peck is in that movie. Brian Peck, and he plays the guy that has the mohawk. Okay. And Brian Peck. Oh, he's 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 the he's the dude with the long leather jacket. Yes, yeah, yes. okay, yeah, okay. Brian Peck is actually a and not to not to lose the levity of this conversation, Brian Peck has actually been arrested for um uh 
problems with children, underage kids. Oh. He worked with Nickelodeon. He did the um, that movie, the kids anthology movie, which also had James Karen in it, called uh, not Spookies, but uh, the Willies. Do you remember the Willies? I do not remember that. Okay, one, yeah. so he had something to do with that. My question is, because I've had this, uh, I've had this conversation with many people, uh, and specifically about Victor Salva, who does the Jeepers Creepers. Which movies. I, I will not watch his movies, dude. Oh, Just, that's the thing. That's I, the thing. But that's the thing, like. I watched these movies before I knew any of that. Right. So, it's, dude, it's such a weird thing. It's like, do it's you, hard, do you yeah. not watch it? Because these other people that are involved with it didn't know anything about any of this shit or whatever. And it's like, even, dude, even if you hear, like, the stuff coming out about Charlie Sheen now and right. the whole thing with Corey Feldman and, and Corey Haim and all that stuff. Dude, it's a weird fucking road to go down. Because there's so many people that put a movie together other than that one person. Right, that one person. The thing with DeSalva, though, was they knew he had gone to jail for that shit when he came out, and they did Jeepers Creepers. Right, right. So it's not like it was, well, they made this movie 20 years ago, and this dude just got arrested for doing something. It's like, this dude has gone to jail, been arrested then he did that shit. Yeah. And he so I mean, like, he made Powder. And I grew up watching Powder. That like, movie, I watched that because I never, I, I didn't know nothing about this movie oh, I didn't that time. growing up, yeah. And I only watched it one time. And I remember that movie skeeved me out really bad when I watched it. I was like, yeah. something's really fucking off about this movie. And it just... That's how I felt about the second Jeepers Creepers. When they had, when they had all the, well, he's the like, boys laid out with their shirts. You know, like, and I'm just like, ah, you're really sending the wrong message here. And even in the behind the scenes, you're watching him talk to the actor, and he's got, like, his hand on him. He's like, it's okay, honey. It's okay. And I'm like, you are reminding me of the mom from What's Eating Gilbert Grape right now. Like, like the way that you're being way too feminine and gentle with these, like, male actors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and you, you, you're... Your gaze is focusing too long right. on these young boys or whatever. But I don't remember. I don't remember crap about that movie. But I just remember the one time I watched it. I'm like, dude, this movie just like really skeeves me out. Like there's something <laughs> off about it. It came across, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, here's another actor that really weirds me out. And I, I don't get it because I love his films. Some of his films are some of the best films I've ever watched. Jeffrey Jones. Yeah, uh, he, uh, he's another one that's like. Dude, I just watched um, Howard the Duck yeah. with him. And there yeah. was an interview with him and shit on it. And I'm just like, I feel really weird watching this now. Right. It's like, weird. Because I used to love that movie yeah. as a kid or Ravenous. Stay uh, tuned. Stay tuned. Beetlejuice. Like, and Tim Burton knew this. And Tim Burton still hired him for, like, Sleepy Hollow and these other movies. Right, that was another one I just watched that I hadn't seen for a long time that I forgot he was even in. And it's just like, oh my god, it's almost so much of a personal matter at that point where you're like, why is he forgiving him for these things that he did? What kind of relationship did they have before? And why are people getting so bent out of shape at these comedians that say offensive things? Well... You have an an actor like Tim, or a director like Tim Burton, who's very renowned, that hires people like this still. Yeah, and it's just like I know honestly, if I had a friend, a career friend or whatever that got caught doing something like that, I wouldn't have them like your relationship with them off cameras aside. But I would never have have them in my film. No. I would never work with them. Yeah, no, and it, it, it's weird. 
and I think you're I think you're seeing now, but before things didn't get called on the carpet as much either, right. and, and I think people were just I mean, with especially with a lot of the actors like that, people knew about stuff. They just kind of got swept under the rug. I think that's one of one of the great things about the Me Too movement was that brought a lot of that stuff to light and people are like no more of that shit dude right. you're not gonna keep being in films if you're gonna do it's social media creepy, too weird. yeah it, it, there's more but it's like it, it, you're right when you're asking like i don't know man that's it's it's so weird because it's it, it is it becomes a personal choice it's like do i want to watch that am i I'm, I'm not a, am i a bad person because i'm watching Ravenous and Jeffrey Jones is in it. And right. And some people would say and he were. And he's great in that movie. He is, yeah. He's, he's great, actually, he's great, a great, great actor. actor. Yeah. I'm, that doesn't excuse the fact that he's a creep, but it's like, it's it's so fucking, yeah, it's a, such a weird road to... I, I liken it, and I, I don't mean to make a comparison this way, it's almost like, do you watch Twilight Zone the movie knowing that, um, I, can't, I can't remember his name right now. Rod Sterling? Uh, no, uh, <laughs> the actor that got killed because of the helicopter. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh my god! Okay, so uh, <laughs> the Twilight Zone the movie. Um, there's a uh, there's a segment in there about a guy who's very racist and he lost his job. He didn't get the promotion or whatever. He goes outside the bar after he has racist rants or whatever, and he's in Nazi Germany and they think he's a Jew, and he's getting treated. And he goes all these places. And there's a scene where he's in Vietnam, and this American soldiers see him as. Vietcong, and he takes these two children, and he like tries to save them, you know. But when they're making the movie, um, basically what happened was uh, John Landis was directing that, and John Landis went to went to court for this. Oh wow! He had this whole uh, scene set up where they had explosions, a helicopter, they had a Huey fly in. It was supposed to be this huge scene. They hired the children illegally. They had him working after hours, Ooh. and they changed the stunt last minute because they wanted bigger explosions. Which you can't do, especially with kid actors. So, um, I, I, I really, really, it really bothers me. I can't remember this actor's name, but he was a very staple in Hollywood, and he plays the main character in that segment. And what happened was the explosions went off hit the helicopter and those propellers hit and he decapitated him and killed the two kids. Oh my God. So oh, dude, I didn't know anything about that. John, I mean, La- wow. yeah, look it up. John Landis like almost went to prison for that. Wow. And it's like, knowing that, do you watch that movie? Do you feel guilty for watching that movie? I personally don't. I think it's an amazing movie, but at the same time, it's just like when trauma or some kind of thing happens while they make a movie, do you, does the movie leave a bad, footprint or do you go with what they were trying to do the rest of the the crew and right i don't think either side is wrong i think it all comes down to like a lot of thing, a lot of blah, blah, blah. yeah like a lot of things it comes down to a personal choice it's like i'm not gonna like if you choose to watch those films that were made before you knew x actor or actress was a scumbag right you know that's one thing but if they're still getting hired and they're still in stuff i i don't know it's weird it's like if it was before i then again it's it's all personal are you gonna dis displace everybody else's performances and them being in that movie and 
I don't know, dude. It's too it, much. It, too much angles to look there's at. There's too many angles to look at. And I don't think anybody's right or wrong on that. It's like, dude, you have you have the right to feel that way and not watch it. But you shouldn't, like, hate on somebody because I grew up watching that movie and I loved it. Yeah. That was before I knew anything about this stuff. Yes, I may see some of those scenes in a whole different light now and it may, may me. I might not want to watch that movie again, you know. Vic Morrow. That's the actor's name from Twilight Zone, Vic Morrow. But, you know, you might watch that movie now knowing about that person, and you're like, oh, shit, yeah, no, this kind of ruins this movie for me, and right. I don't want to watch it. Right. I don't know, dude. It's, well, it's The Crow. The Crow. Like, do you watch The Crow? Like, you get, like, one of my fav- one of my favorite all-time movies, dude, right. you know? It's I watch like, The Crow. It sucks that Brandon and knowing died. how And knowing the scene that he dies in. Yeah. And pretty much when it happens on, you know, film and everything, it's just like, but that's one of my favorite movies, you know, I, I absolutely adore that film. It's just, uh, yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, I think it's, that's up to the individual. I, I don't think you're supporting what that person did by watching it, but it's, at the same time, it's, it's, it's an ugly choice you have to make. It's, it's weird. Yeah. But do you give up all those great pieces of art that were made? No, no. I watch Jeffrey Jones movies, and I try to think that, you know, he was not like that, because, oh, God, I just I just try to get that out of my mind, yeah, because yeah. it will ruin the movie for me, and I'm selfish, and I want the movie to be nice. <laughs> right? Yeah, I don't know, dude. That's, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a weird, that's definitely one of those weird things. It's, I mean, and you can go down that road with a lot of things, as far as, not just with film, but I mean, with anything. Yeah. You know? Is there's I think so often there's a real fine line that you walk between supporting it and not you know and it's just I don't know it's one of those things and it's very it's a very hard line to walk and I think uh, most people know what's right and wrong right <clears throat> I think uh, you know at some point you make a choice to follow one or the other i guess I, I don't know how to put this eloquently but but i think it, it's it's up to each individual individual person to make that choice i can tell you till i'm blue in the face while well, you're an asshole because you watch jeffrey jones films i mean what type of a, <laughs> what type of a human being are you because you enjoy those movies knowing what that man did and what type of a fucking weirdo he was or whatever just because you smoke cigarettes doesn't mean you support cancer right Right, exactly, yeah. exactly. I mean, so I think it's just, uh, I think it's one of those things that's really up to the individual person. Uh, it's a choice you got to make yourself, and it's one of those, it's it's kind of a moot point as far as sitting there bitching with somebody about it, because I don't think you're going to change their mind. No, if anyone tells me why, like, if someone was to chew me out why I watch Jeffrey Jones movies, I, I just want to watch more. I'd go home and watch Jeffrey Jones. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know, it's, but yeah, I I fully fully understand what you're th- saying, dude. But uh, yeah, man, thank you for for coming on again, dude. It's been a been a good time shooting the shit, and uh, we've been talking for like two hours. Yeah, plus because we talked for half an hour before we Holy even started. Shit. But uh, is there, before we get wrapping wrapping stuff up, is there anything else you want to uh, you know? Anything uh, you want to talk about that I might have forgotten or missed? No, I just want uh, your listeners to go check out uh, Morty Sutter on Facebook because that's probably where I'll be putting most of my attention and efforts into yeah. coming up. So can you? I'm sure it's probably linked up to the Cemetery Theater page as well. Yeah, or you could just search for Morty Sutter in the search bar. It's just Facebook 
slash Morty Sutter. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I, I will, uh, when I do this, I will try to remember to put both Cemetery Theater and Morty Sutter in the show notes for links. Uh, excuse me, so you can <laughs> check that stuff out. That um, came from my penis. That's right. That, what would you call that? A perp? Uh, a perp. <laughs> a perp. <laughs> what are you talking about? A perp? Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's, uh, so I will put that stuff in the show notes. Uh, like I said earlier, um, we, you've been hearing some music from Ratleg. I am going to end the show with some music from Ratleg. Again, I appreciate Shane coming on the show and hanging out with me. Make sure you check out the Morty Sutter stuff. ItCon is in the studio. We will be dropping a new album. And, of course, you guys are probably going to hear a few nuggets of that on here. Maybe before we release it to everybody else. Maybe not. Do You'll it. have to tune in to find out Do anyway it. when that happens. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, it's been real. It's been nice. And I will see you sexy animals on the flip side. So I hope you guys enjoyed the interview with Shane. We had a lot of fun, man. We could have kept going, but we had... Uh, you know, I had some stuff that I had to get going and do, and it was it was a lot of fun. Um, I'm definitely going to have Shane back on again at some point again. As you've been hearing throughout the show, I have been playing the band Ratleg. Their new EP, Second Offense, is now available on Bandcamp. Go to ratlegusa.bandcamp.com if you want to pick it up. Support those dudes. Dude, actually, it's one guy, Richie, my my good buddy Richie, who's a just amazing musician, very talented. He plays everything on those albums. He, you know, plays a bunch of different bands. He also records. So if you're a musician and you like what you hear, and you're in Maine or uh, New England, and would you want to come up and work with Richie, uh, hit him up. Um, you can probably get catch him right through his band page. Um, I believe the website on Facebook is Skateway Skateway Studios. So look that up. And if you want to record with Richie, do it. Very good dude. Excellent producer. Great musician. Good guy to work with. Also, little side note, member of the TV Casualties, my one show only Misfits punk cover band that we did back in the day. Uh, so it was a lot of fun. I've known Richie for a long time, and I'm super stoked at the very cool material he is putting out. So yeah, just... Uh, I, I don't have much else to say. I guess really this is kind of the end of the show. We're gonna we're gonna end it with uh, two songs from Ratleg and just everybody be cool to each other. Everybody be kind. Uh, last two songs from Ratleg is the help you need and Poison Slinger. And again, support those guys. Ratleg USA Bandcamp.com. Again, link in the show notes as well. Um, also, make sure you support Cemetery Theater and the Morty Sutter Show. Thank you again for Shane for being on. Thank you guys for all for listening to the show. And uh, as I said before, I will see you sexy animals on the flip side. Crisis! Why not don't